0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Teaching Matters, an audio series exploring the unique needs of today's students. Teaching Matters is produced and recorded in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. My guests today are Nathan Carpenter and Dr. Laik Khan, both teach and conduct research in the area of social media analytics. Nathan Carpenter is an assistant director of Convergent Media in the School of Communication at Illinois State University, where he also directs their Social Media Analytics Command Center. He is finishing his phd in rhetoric and technical communication from michigan technological university dr khan is an assistant professor in the school of media arts and studies at ohio university where he is also director of the social media analytics research team dr khan received his phd from michigan state university the first question that i want to ask for listeners that maybe are not completely attuned to what social media analytics are if you could if you could provide some basic descriptions of what it is that you mean when you say social media analytics and maybe provide some examples. Lee, can we start with you answering that?
1: Sure, sure. Um, First of all, um, I'm very excited to be here and talking about social media analytics. Um, I find this field to be super exciting for a number of reasons. First being uh, the very practical nature uh, of social media we are increasingly seeing social media become a ubiquitous part of our lives. Um, uh, The millennials especially are very savvy and uh, very active users of social media. So when we talk about social media use, the first question that comes to my mind, for example, is uh, measurement. How do we measure what people are doing online? And this question becomes even more important for organizations and businesses because they're the ones who are managing these social media platforms and need to engage with their customers. This, by very, um, so this is one of the reasons why social media analytics is such an exciting and interesting field, because it, it's a, a lot is going on in it, um, and there's a great need to measure how we're doing on online.
0: Nathan, turning to you, as you think about the types of things that Laik said that we might want to measure, can you give us some examples of when you look at social media analytics, I assume you're looking at more than just how many friends a person has on Facebook and how many uh, followers a person has on Twitter. You go deeper than that, right?
2: Yes, we can go uh, very deep depending on the sources of data that we're collecting from. Uh, I think a really good example is uh, in my classes, I often show my students a spreadsheet of all the data that I can capture from uh, Twitter's public um, uh, API, which is basically a a way that we can call into Twitter and ask for information. It includes things like what source of uh, um, Twitter that uh, you know, these, these social media users uh, produced from. So whether it was uh, an Apple um, you know, iPhone or if it was an Android device or a computer, um, we can get a sense of their profile information. So if they express any interests or likes in that space, we get a sense of where they're posting from. So oftentimes there is a geolocated, uh, you know, code or coordinates that are listed. So, you know that, that metadata that's available also becomes incredibly rich. It's no longer just a picture of, uh, you know, numbers in terms of you know people following or liking something. It's now also um, a, a digital trace of where people are, what they're interested in, and in some cases even how they're connected to other users.
0: So when I'm when I'm tweeting, you can actually find out that uh, if I have it set, you know, set in a certain way, you can find out that I tweeted from Athens, Ohio. Is that correct?
2: That is correct, and depending on uh, you know the uh, the the settings you have on your mobile device, uh, in some cases it may get it down to the exact uh, geo coordinates as well, uh, and that's something I think not a lot of people are aware of. I,
0: I'm not. <laughs> I'll, I'll be more careful now about my location when I tweet, uh, Lee And I know that um, when you study <clears throat> social media analytics, in addition to all this metadata, including the geo tags. You look at certain variables or or things when you study it. Things like sentiment. Uh, can you briefly describe what that is?
1: Sure. <clears throat> so social media analytics is a very broad field uh, because um, when we're talking about gender, as Nathan rightly said, talked about the geo analytics and the location of uh, where users are, who are tweeting this information. So when we, for example, talk about Facebook, we're also interested in these very similar things, such as location, um, the timing, uh, who's posting it, their demographic information. All this is very uh, is a treasure trove of information for marketers, for example. Um, when we're talking about mining customer sentiment, that's a very important field in what we call text analytics. We're trying to understand what kind of a conversation is taking place. But in in case of social media analytics, just because of the fact that the data is generated constantly, that's why we uh, move into a field called big data analytics. And it is a part of social media analytics in the sense that there is such a huge amount of data automatically being generated all the time that we need to be able to make sense of This data through an automated mechanism so that we can see if the sentiment around a topic, for example, related to uh, a very current study that we are doing in our smart lab is the Zika virus. Uh, This is a health concern uh, of an international nature, especially because we are also seeing that the Olympics are going to be taking place in Rio. So obviously, there are a lot of people who have concerns, especially athletes as well, um, for those gains. We want to see what is the sentiment surrounding it. How are people reacting to it so that government agencies and many other organizations can plan accordingly. So this is, this is the kind of information that we can make sense of, and that would come into the field of mining customer sentiment.
0: Very good. So so just by way of summary, when we talk about social media analytics, there's a, a range of information that people like the two of you can collect that ranges from uh, what we would call metadata that is very broad, uh, almost demographic type information mm-hmm. about your social media presence, any individual's social media presence, al- although it's usually looked at in the aggregate. All the way down to the exact things that a person tweets or says on Facebook, uh, and then as you said, Leek, using uh, textual analysis, you can start to understand, is that person generally afraid of the Zika virus? Or are they generally positive towards a certain political candidate, so on and so forth? Is that a fair summary?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So we can also, for example, just to add to that, when we're seeing the, the, the weather uh, getting warmer, um, so would that impact the southern states first? because they're getting warmer first, Um, how are people reacting there? And then we can predict how this will uh, play out in other areas of the country once uh, we see that this virus may, God forbid, expand to other areas.
0: Very good. So, so now with this, with that basic understanding of what social media analytics is, let's turn to talking about what the labs are that both of you direct. So, Nathan, your lab at Illinois State, the Social Media Analytics Command Center, or what you all call the SMAC, um, can you talk briefly about what that lab does and the types of services that you're trying to provide with the lab?
2: Certainly. So the the lab itself is actually modeled after what we see happening in a number of major corporations uh, where they build a space uh, that is a dedicated space that does the capturing, the visualizing, and uh, in many cases also the the decision-making. And so we see this happening in, um, again, corporations like airlines, uh, major financial institutions, um, and also um, uh, companies that have major uh, customer service-based uh, you know, uh, uh, models for what they're doing. And so when I, I you know, talk about this as a, a corporate space, uh, again, the way that we think about it is that we're often training our students. Uh, again, we're, we're within a school of communication. Uh, we're, we're training our students to uh, essentially go out into these spaces and have uh, you know, the experiences of being uh, social media analysts right in the space. So when we think about, uh, the, again, the, the SMAC, the Social Media Analytics Command Center, um, really, it's a combination of a number of different things. I think first and foremost, it is a media war room. Uh, again, we are watching streams of content in real time. Uh, you know, for example, uh, just like uh, Dr. Khan had mentioned about, uh, let's say, the Zika virus, or uh, a couple summers ago we were following the Ebola virus, um, and being able to see, again, how people are responding in real time, what that sentiment looks like, and if there are any uh, actionable uh, you know, courses that, that need to be taken. We also treat our space like a consultation studio. And so, again, you have to imagine a a large classroom that is lined with um, uh, touch screen monitors, um, and mobile furniture, and our, our students can rapidly reconfigure that space to do client work as well. Um, so, we have classes that may um, you know, host a small business and help that small business better understand things like uh, uh, how the, the student body uh, uses Twitter here at Illinois State University and how that might be used for, uh, let's say, marketing purposes. Or else uh, we may bring in different elements of the university, uh, especially those in admissions or in our university marketing communications, and help them get a better perspective on the overall uh, higher education uh, social media production and so that they can understand what peers and competitors, as well as uh, uh, the larger national discourse about higher ed might look like.
0: And how long has the SMAC been in operation now?
2: We've been running for two full years now. Uh, We started in uh, August of 2014. Uh, when we, we officially launched our space and brought our first classes in.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, Lake, your lab, uh, the uh, Smart Lab, uh, is a bit newer than the one at Illinois State. You just actually started that about six months ago, approximately. Uh, does the mission of your lab, in your mind, differ at all from what the Illinois State people are doing?
1: Right. So it very much overlaps with what Nathan mentioned about what a social media command center or a... Um, such a facility can do. um, And it's pretty much what we are envisioning it to do. Uh, However, I would like to add that we have a very strong research component to it um, because one of our missions is to advance research in um, dealing with emerging big data challenges. And for that, we're in the process of, um, as we're newly established, building capacity so that we can build research clusters in areas of um, different uh, interests, such as learning analytics. We're also interested in Text analytics, network analytics, location analytics. So there are a range of areas that we can build um, uh, these clusters and built on the unique uh, synergies from, for example, the business department in our university at Ohio University. We're also looking at uh, collaborating uh, with the education program because there is a very strong element of learning analytics and how we can better engage students, for example, make our online courses even more effective. Um, So like Nathan said, this is a space that not only looks at What is hap- uh, to monitor the the events that are taking place, uh, but also providing our researchers a space and our students especially where they can hone their skills, um, advance research, and look at the, and provide them the very tools needed so that they can understand these different phenomena better.
0: Very good. So <clears throat> now that we. Have a basic understanding of social media analytics and the labs that you run. Let's let's turn to the the teaching component of this. Both of you teach courses that deal with social media analytics. Nathan, can you can you talk about the course or courses that you've been teaching in this area?
2: Certainly, I've had two courses that have um, met very uh, regularly in the the SMAC itself. Uh, The first was uh, Social Dynamics and Communication Technologies, which is a a computer-mediated communication uh, theory and uh, practice-based course, and it was one of the first classes to meet in the space. And for our students, um, and especially the, the angle that I take with many of my classes, um, there is that significant component that, that says, uh, you know, you have to have this literacy about analytics. You know, what are the key terms? What are the concepts? Um, how are analytics used in different disciplines? Uh, but also for this course, uh, we we had a strong, uh, I would say, social, um, uh, you know, justice or at least activist component as well, where many of my students wanted to see uh, the relationships of power that emerge online, and so we we actually studied a number of different, um, uh, we we call them, uh, uh, hashtag activist moments. Uh, one of which was uh, there was a large protest called Flood Wall Street. Um, and they, they used a hashtag called Flood Wall Street, and we followed it, and we captured, I would say, about 150,000 tweets using that hashtag. And part of the class, we, we really wanted to, again, study power, uh, relationships of power. And uh, in this case, um, uh, what our, my students came to realize very quickly is that there is what's known as an asymmetric dialectic uh, between uh, social media, uh, which, again, are, are often have uh, you know, grassroots uh, connections and grassroots power Um, And also, uh, you know, major media outlets. Um, And in this case, uh, my students' assumptions were that, you know, being able to share hashtags and and to have, uh, you know, organized power on the ground was going to somehow overwhelm, you know, corporate media power. In this case, they saw that it was quite the opposite. That news coverage of this event uh, quickly overwhelmed everything else in terms of the the jokes and the content that was uh, covered for the day. Um, So, again, it's a great class to be able to to study things like power, but also uh, uh, techniques. And this fall, um, I actually have a course that's much more closely dedicated to analytics in itself, and it's called Communication Technologies and Impacts. And there, we'll actually be studying the processes of social media analytics, uh, ranging from uh, you know basic tools that can be used to research processes to uh, applications in uh, communication-specific disciplines, such as public relations, journalism, mass media, uh, political communication, organizational communication.
0: Very good, Leek. That sounds very similar to the course that you just taught, right?
1: Right. So I'm teaching an introductory course in social media analytics, which gives a very broad overview of... Uh, the different uh, tools that we can utilize uh, to visualize data, to make sense and uh, gain intelligence from the different data sets that we uh, have been um, gathering and uh, making sense of. So I would just like to add that um, I view social media analytics, uh, when, when this name comes up, I've noticed a lot of students felt a little overwhelmed as if this is something that is Uh, very hard to do. Yes, there are challenges involved when we have large data sets to deal with, but I would like to view this as um, and include it in the line of research and extend that which is called digital literacies. I feel that social media analytics is a digital literacy because this is something that needs to be inculcated in our curriculum even more. Um, I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to teach this course and uh, it was a very positive experience in the sense that I had students from the business program, uh, from our communication program, of course, but different fields were able to see the benefits of studying a social media analytics course because of the very interdisciplinary nature of of this field. Um, When we talk about gathering data from social media sites, social media is being used by not only businesses, not only communication scholars, But you name it, every field from politics to uh, uh, online activism, we are seeing a surge in social media use. And when we talk about social media use being so wide and uh, so, uh, we we would naturally think about measurement to be inclusive of all those different fields. So this course, for example, that I taught, um, and I'm also planning on teaching one in the fall, is going to be. including uh, some of the things that Nathan mentioned. So we are trying to divide this course in two main areas, uh, because I feel these are the two broad areas that I see social media analytics going towards. One is the text analytics portion of it, in which we look at sentiment and text mining. And the other is the network analysis portion of it, in which we see how different nodes within a network interact with each other. So I feel these are certain literacies which are very. uh, This is these are of paramount importance um, for any field, and these are the kind of skills I would like to see students taking forward. And I would like to add here that um, by virtue of teaching this course, uh, there are quite a few students who are able to secure very good positions in the industry because our data sets are very practical in nature, and this this is the kind of problem solving that we're. Increasingly going to see different businesses and organizations uh, employing in their overall strategic mix.
0: Yeah, when I when I speak with alumni that are in you know more managerial or or leadership positions in in the private sector. They obviously are all talking about the role that social media is now playing within their organizations, both for internal and external communication. And they always come back to you. We're started. We're now asking how to figure out the return on investment and the strategy behind it, which speaks to the issue of needing to understand analytics. And that's why. I believe, as I think the two of you do, that this is an area where communication students can have a significant impact on an organization, but they have to be trained to do it. It's not something that you can pick up with a you know, a few hours on a YouTube video. It it really takes practice. Nathan, you've um, because your lab's been going for um, a bit longer, you've actually seen this interdisciplinary nature that Leek has been talking about come into effect, where you have had professors that would be teaching uh, more traditional courses in the curriculum asked to use your lab uh, to enhance their courses. Can you give some examples of those?
2: Certainly. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we, we have a number of communication uh, you know, disciplines that are represented and covered by our program, including uh, public relations, journalism, mass media, you know, political and organizational communication. And really each one of those areas, um, we, we've seen a number of classes come through the space. And there are a number of ways that they think about, again, social media analytics. I think the, the most natural fit is going to be public relations. Um, and that is a space where uh, social media are, are really front and center to many public relations campaigns. Um, and oftentimes our, our public relations classes will use the SMAC to study campaigns, um, we often see, uh, again, major corporations do uh, you know, the, the work of PR uh, directly in the social web. And so we can study you know, how a uh, you know, corporation recovers after a, a uh, you know, major uh, you know, PR disaster uh, and how they use social media to do that. Uh, we can look at longitudinal studies to see uh, you know, where and how they respond to different news events or other uh, uh, you know, shifts and changes in industry. So that becomes really useful on their end. And what's also great about so many of these tools is that, um, uh, again, the the social media analytics tools that are available, is that students can also monitor and analyze their own social media production. So in the case of, uh, again, PR students, uh, when they they have to actually create their own campaigns, they now have measurement tools that they are well-versed in. Uh, When we look at uh, journalism, uh, we're seeing... Uh, social media becoming increasingly, you know, not only a, a, a space for, uh, you know, production. Uh, again, something like like Twitter and Facebook are becoming increasingly major tools of of, uh, you know, broadcasting uh, uh, stories, and we also see them uh, becoming spaces where uh, content is increasingly sourced. And one of the things that we've we've really explored in depth is uh, uh, the idea that we can source content um, from different social media sources. And we're seeing this happen professionally. Uh, let's say in the wake of major, uh, 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 you know, severe weather outbreaks and damage. Let's say there's a you know an earthquake or a tornado somewhere. We're seeing. Um, uh, you know journalists from the weather channel and cnn and the bbc going to instagram uh to source their their content and they ask permission to use images and the the difficult thing is being able to sort through um, all of this content and and to find uh, the the relevant information or to find the relevant news story. And when we put our students in front of those, uh, again, some of these tools that allow this the sourcing or uh, again the identification of of content relevant to these these stories, uh, it puts them at the same level as many of these these news institutions. Um, there's actually something else I can throw into here as well, which is this notion that, again, so many of our, our students are, are you know, deeply in the social web. They're, they're constantly contributing uh, to the, the production of social media content. And I think there is an assumption, especially in uh, um, you know, industry right now, that all you have to do is throw a millennial at social media production um, or, or assessment, and they'll figure it out. And I think that is hardly the case. Um, Again, as as Dr. Kahn has mentioned here a couple of times, it is crucial that we train students in these areas. Uh, Again, it's not as simple as as, uh, them being simply literate in their own social media. They really have to have a better sense of these foundational uh, and core concepts and uh, analytics tools behind them.
0: That's actually a really good segue to talking more specifically about the students. Um, just to kind of lay a bold claim out on the table that, that actually Leake has already, has already brought out in some respects, I would make the argument that teaching students about social media is not only essential because of where our culture is at in its use of social media, but I would go so far as to say that the teaching of social media analytics is a perfect way of bringing a high-impact educational experience to students that they will learn from something that they're ingrained in but don't fully understand. Can you react to that, Lee? Certainly. And I would
1: like to, uh, I could certainly share what Nathan mentioned regarding uh, how much underutilized a lot of these social media analytics tools are, uh, even though they may seemingly be simple. But I just want to add another important um, element here that is often overlooked. Um, While we train students for uh, being their uh, leadership positions in the industry or academia, if needed, um, there is a general uh, observation that I have, which is that uh, most of the times, a lot of the social media analytics tools are mostly descriptive in nature. Uh, You might have heard about Google Analytics, Facebook Insights, Twitter Analytics, YouTube Analytics. Quite a few platforms are offering these Free to uh, f- freely available tools, but what they're doing mostly is looking at those numbers in a very descriptive way, uh, which is um, some research says the bulk of what social media analytics is being utilized as in the industry. However, there's more to it. Most of the um, important findings that you can get from social media analytics is in the not in the descriptive realm, although I'm not discounting its importance but in the predictive and prescriptive realm. And by that, I'll just explain what it means. We should be able to predict events. For example, when we have data, it gives us patterns. It shows us certain, gives us certain insights. But those insights needs to be extracted because most of this data is, as we know, very unstructured. And this adds to the layer of complexity in dealing with this kind of data. And here's where our research skills can play a very important role. We not only need to understand how we can get that data, but being able to analyze it, visualize it, but a step ahead of that. We should be able to predict certain things. Um, And for example, the election outcomes, uh, looking at disease spread. There are so many practical applications of this. And, And in the business world, how are consumers going to respond to a certain marketing measure? So when we talk about predictive analytics, we're talking about employing certain advanced tools that students need to be acquainted with. And, and I believe that's where we're heading. And that's how um, I envision taking the social media analytics courses and advancing that, them in that direction.
0: And, and Nathan, how have your students reacted to learning these new tools?
2: Well, I think looking at, again, the, the different kinds of, of uh, analytics, just as uh, Dr. Kahn was mentioning here, uh, you know, that, that difference of, of descriptive, predictive, and prescriptive, uh, I think is extremely, extremely important. And our, our students right now, I, I think it is actually a struggle to, to understand that difference because it is, I think as we've already discussed, it is overwhelming in some cases. There is so much data out there. So I think on some levels, our, our students begin, um, I wouldn't even say with a sense of, of uh, uh, you know, fear or being, uh, 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 you know, turned off by the concept. But I think they start with uh, something of a naivety, you know, I can't even say the word. Um, they're, they're very naive about what they think they can and cannot do. Um, and so a great example of that is I will inevitably, you know, for the past two years now, and I'm sure this will happen again, is I have students coming to me saying, we would like to study the Super Bowl. And I I, I, I have to hedge them back a bit and say, uh, you know, first of all, what is it that you want to learn? We have to start with that research process. So, you know, a, a a a good, confident, bold research question. And second, you know, walking them through that process of saying, okay, not only do we want to describe what's going on, but can you predict what may happen? Which commercials might be the most interesting? Uh, maybe we could look at sports analysts and again predict the outcome of the Super Bowl based upon what they're saying. Um, or again, prescriptive, we could look at um, uh, different companies that are. Or, you know, running campaigns during the Super Bowl itself, and um, uh, you know, get a sense of uh, uh, you know how they may best uh, you know reach their audiences during the Super Bowl based upon the activity that we're seeing. And I think once our students get through that process and understand the complexity, but also the appropriateness of each approach, um, they they I don't want to say that they calm down a little bit, but they. They, they become much more well-situated um, in what analytics is about. And I think that that helps them mature very quickly as soon as they grasp the, the enormity of the, the problems or questions that, that could be presented in front of them. Um, so, again, I would say that, that the... The, the reaction has been terrific. Um, our students have, have uh, taken very novel approaches to, uh, you know, the, the, the data and the kinds of questions that they can ask. Um, and I would say that, that our students are also, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're climbing over each other to get in classes that do social media analytics. We don't have many at this point, but we do have a number of classes that meet in our space. And so I increasingly get um, requests and questions from faculty saying, you know, how can we be in the space? Um, How can we make, you know, something like a, uh, again, an organizational communication class? um, How can we make that class more interesting by studying uh, social media analytics? if (laughs) I
1: can add something here uh, to what Nathan was saying regarding... Um, how important it is to set very clear goals. Now that we have all these tools at our disposal, it becomes even more important in setting the right goals and in having the right questions. So what do we want to answer? So he was pointing to that, uh, and I have had similar experiences in which students were coming to ask, well, we want to analyze the Super Bowl or a sports event, or they're interested in looking at the Olympics. But the question here is, what exactly do you want to know from, from this data set. What are your goals? And that also is very more, equally more important for organizations <laughs> and businesses. What is right. it that they want to find out? Our data is only as good, at, good as our goals. So if we can set the right goals and objectives, then we would be in on the right track of measuring what we have set the goals for. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I completely see that uh, a pattern in how students are approaching this topic as well. Um,
0: it's fascinating to hear both of you describe it in this way because, um, you know, when, when I talk with traditional social scientific researchers, they they typically are working with very static data sets, and that that places certain, you know, parameters around what they're able to do and. The, to hear the two of you describe the data sets that you're working with as constantly evolving and literally reacting by the second to events that are going on in the world is so much more dynamic um, and much more realistic as a real world research problem. It almost sounds more like you're describing a biologic system rather than a social system. Before we leave the teaching topic, I've got I've got one final um, sort of area that I want to talk about. You know, when I when I talk with other people. Um, not just faculty, but other individuals about social media analytics, um, sometimes I will get a look of skepticism where they say, well, this is just a fad like a lot of other things, and let's not invest too much in it because there will be something that will replace it. How, how do you react to that leak? Well,
1: um, that's a very common observation, uh, and I've noticed people saying that. But here's how I would approach it, uh, and certainly that that question comes from a lack of understanding of what social media analytics is about, and that's perfectly fine because this is an emerging field. Uh, well, I would say that social media and analytics are inseparable. This is how I look at it. They are um, almost one and the same. We cannot have effective social media use without analyzing what we're doing. And it's that simple as that. So that's why making sense of data, uh, which we do in social media analytics, is of paramount importance. Um, It's not only vital for uh, businesses, but even individuals, small businesses. And that's an interest area that I have, uh, and I aim to explore... uh, take that forward within the smart lab, is how smaller businesses that are the engines of growth in an economy can use social media analytics. Because often uh, the understanding, like you rightly said, that it's a fad, so do we need social media analytics? I'm a small company. Why should I be doing that? Well, the fact is that if we want to compete in this very competitive environment that's not only national but a globally competitive environment— Um, we need to be thinking along the lines of how a big company thinks about it on social media, because we've got the same level playing field. Um, All we need is the literacy and the right skill set to be able to make sense of data that is generated equally and in the same way for a smaller company as it is for a bigger company. So it just gives us the strategic advantage and it's Um, frankly speaking, uh, a matter of survival for the (laughs) businesses. So that's how important social media analytics is. And I'll give you, I'll throw in an example that um, might have touched the lives of a lot of people who might be listening to this. When we go to amazon.com, it is a success story simply because of social media analytics, in my opinion, because when customers go on the site, It predicts what we want to buy in advance. It shows a certain options that people like us have been looking at, and that's what it is. They're looking at um, tons of data, making sense of it, and providing it in a format that tells a story. It tells a story to us that, look, this is what people did, and this is what you can do. Um, We read reviews, for example. Um, I, for example, go to um, so Amazon.com simply because I can read the reviews before buying a product, and they have mastered the art of social media analytics. We're not calling it that um, uh, in, in specific terms, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is the um, so uh, I'll throw in some statistics. We already know that um, there are two, according to Pew statistics, there are two point two billion people who are using social media. And imagine what a big market, and this is global statistics, 65% of Americans use social media, and this is in 2015. So we are seeing, and this is roughly around 200 million people within the United States, if that is the number of people who are using social media, Imagine the potential that we can get from understanding how these customers or individuals are going to react in certain situations. Um, Amazon, getting back to the example of Amazon, they have 26.6 million likes on Facebook page as of now. I checked this morning. Um, this is how the industry is so intertwined. Um, if somebody is not taking advantage of the analytics component of social media, they are seriously lacking uh, what others may be able to do and gain competitive advantage.
0: So Laik makes a great case about how the knowledge of social media analytics is really essential uh, because of how social media is embedded into our lives. Nathan, if you could take this from a bit different angle, but one that's very connected to it, what types of, I mean, I think that when students learn about social media analytics, they're not just learning uh, very discrete skills in, in a computer program or, or that sort of thing. I think they're learning liberal arts, uh, you know, foundations. Can you talk about what some of the takeaway learning uh, outcomes are that students have when they take your courses in social media analytics?
2: Certainly, and we already touched on this a little bit, but I think the the top thing that they really do come out of this this entire um, you know way of thinking with is really a process of critical inquiry. Uh, they're learning how to craft very specific, detailed research questions, especially given the resources and uh, uh, tools and uh, uh, you know phenomena that they have at their their fingertips. So, first of all, I mean that that is probably the most significant thing that they come away with is that that process. I think second, and when I, I think about, um, you know, again, a, a, a humanities um, uh, program and a liberal arts program um, that, that is working on uh, this critical inquiry is also that literacy that uh, Dr. Kahn had mentioned as well. There is a data literacy, a digital literacy, and information literacy that is all part of this process. And again, it's not just about using specific tools. It is about processes that go into uh again, uh, answering specific research questions. and I think it also goes beyond um, you know those, those insights about uh, you know informing business practices and answering research questions, but also asking questions about relationships of, of uh, power. Um, and you know my, my background is actually in critical and cultural uh, studies and cultural theory. And for me, uh, again, social media and especially uh, the the algorithms that we are producing are incredible in terms of the the power that we we imbue them with um, to make decisions for us, uh, as well as to help us make decisions. And there are many aspects to them that, uh, again, we, we take for granted. I think the the Amazon example that we, we just brought up there um, is a perfect example of, of um, you know, ways that we do end up taking that for granted, how the algorithm is constructed, how it informs our, our daily life and our daily uh, choices, our shopping habits. And I think we have to take into account the way that that is also growing uh, into all sorts of other areas of life. Um, I've heard of theorists um, uh, such as uh, Ted Stryfus and... Uh, 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 Mark Andrejevich, who have uh, talked about this notion of algorithmic culture, uh, where, uh, again, there's so much that's being determined um, by, again, these these uh, predictive processes that I don't want to say that we have to force our students to become skeptical of them, but we need to get them aware of how frequently those are informing choices, because uh, you know, not only do we uh, have control to change algorithms, um, uh, we, we have the ability to um, I, again, work work them into uh, other aspects of, of life in ways that, uh, you know, we really ought to be aware of. I think, again, that the political realm, uh, the, the degree to which uh, social media are being used to, uh, you know, understand voters and voting preferences uh, is probably beyond uh, the purview of most people at this point. Uh, the degree, um, you know, to which they're informing our shopping decisions, I think people are becoming more and more familiar with. But I think that the political side is becoming uh, uh, something that is, uh, you know, unprecedented right now.
0: You know, this idea of algorithmic thinking is is funny, because if you think about the things that we do in our everyday life, we, we use algorithms to make decisions every day. So, you know, I have, I have a daughter, a teenage daughter, and so when she asks me if she's able to do something, there's a very quick algorithmic Thinking process that I have to go through to eventually say yes, no, or ask your mom. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right? So, so, I mean, we do this every day. And what social media analytics is helping us do is to sort of look behind uh, the curtain on on some of that that influences our lives when we're at least online. Um, I want to turn um, our attention to a final uh, area. So, I, so I think in summary, by by way of what we've been saying about teaching. This area of social media analytics, in my opinion, and I think the two of you agree, is a very ideal place for us to help uh, millennial and post-millennial students gain very concrete skills that go well beyond social media analytics but really helps them um, have analytic skills that that permeates all aspects of their lives. so that definitely relates to the area of uh, uh, student learning that that I'm very interested in, in in this podcast. But I do want to turn attention to talking about the research that the two of you are doing um, with students um, th- that I think is also very fascinating. Leek, you've already mentioned the Zika study uh, that you've been doing. Um, Nathan, what are some of the projects that you've been working on?
2: Sure. So in terms of projects with students, uh, we've had some great work um in terms of uh, descriptive and prescriptive analytics, um, we, we've had some health communication courses studying the ways in which hospitals and other health organizations in our community and across the Midwest have been using uh, social media. Um, and so, in their their uh, you know analysis, obviously there's this part where we, we capture and we describe what they're currently doing, but that that informs. Um, uh, you know what hospitals ought to be doing, and so we'll do comparative analyses. We will do, um, uh, you know, work alongside current health topics to understand, uh, you know, the, again the degree to which, uh, you know, certain, uh, you know, health phenomena such as something like the the Zika outbreak um, ought to be informing uh, their overall communication strategies. Um, so that's that's provided a very rich space to just again look at the ways in which uh, different shareholders and stakeholders uh, become part of this process of. Uh, uh, social media content and production. We've had some other students do some really rich work in terms of uh, recognizing the different rhetorical strategies that go into social media posts. Um, and so um, we've, we've had uh, uh, actually somebody who's now in our university marketing communications um uh, department uh, do her master's thesis on uh, peer institutions of Illinois State and how they, uh, again, use social media, uh, which again, was a very pre- uh, descriptive and prescriptive approach. In terms of uh, you know predictive work, um, honestly, that's an area where we are uh, just starting to develop. And so uh, some of the other side projects that uh, I've been working with students on are, um, looking at patterns in our own community. Uh, we've been um, using uh, some some code that we've been writing to capture um, all the tweets within 20 miles of campus, and we're now running uh, different regressions and different, um, uh, you know, both textual as well as uh, 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 profile uh, information to get a better sense of, you know, who's in our community in terms of uh, uh, Twitter users and what are their interests, what do they talk about, and how might, uh, you know... Not not only the university, but also different uh, 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 other stakeholders in our community, um, how might they take that data and uh, use it for, uh, you know, their, their own benefit. Um, and that's a project that we're, we're hoping to expand with our own econ- economic development council here in uh, McLean County, uh, which is uh, home to Illinois State University. Lake, is there anything you'd like to add?
0: Sure um
1: so besides the Zika study that you mentioned uh, that I had mentioned and we talked about earlier which it falls in the realm of science and health communications there are different aspects of this study because the data set is very large and there are many possibilities of different questions that we aim to answer from that but I'd like to add that um, besides that we have uh, two more research clusters uh, one of them is looking at social media engagement because that's a very important thing in how, we can engage our audiences better. And the other is in learning analytics. Um, besides that, um, we recently finished a number of student projects uh, in, in the courses that we finished in spring semester. And those were, I, and I feel that it's important that I mention those, especially because of their um, practical significance. Um, there are quite a few local businesses that my students contacted and designed social media, not only looked at their social media strategies but also uh, acquainted them with the social media analytics aspects of the kind of work that they were doing. So uh, this involved hospitality industries. This involved um, certain um, um, skill-based local uh, businesses that were not employing social media analytics uh, at all. So they were um, very surprised to see how they could manage their uh, businesses better by looking into those things. So although it seemed like a very small endeavor, but it had very far-reaching implications. And uh, it just brought them, uh, opened a new window to a different kind of world in which they can see how they can compete nationally and even internationally when needed.
0: Both of you have talked about uh, this notion of doing outreach with your lab, and both of you have talked about, uh, you know, various types of businesses and organizations uh, that you've worked with. And and actually, that's one of the things that I think is fascinating about this is the practical outcomes that can be achieved. And so I want to focus on um, two, two last things. Nathan, with you first when I visited your lab a year and a half ago, I was fascinated that you had developed a uh, a collaborative relationship with your uh, campus security. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what the objective was with that and and, and what what it is that you're doing to help your campus security personnel?
2: Certainly. So our our relationship is with what's called the Emergency Operations Center on campus. And really, that is a... uh, Um, It it is a media war room, and it's run by um, an operations manager who, if there is a a crisis on campus, and I can actually provide a really good example of that in a moment here, but if there's a crisis on campus, um, uh, this person will deploy a small team to monitor media, to monitor social media, and then to provide uh, real-time intelligence back to a uh, uh, media relations team who can then provide assistance with emergency personnel, as well as uh, uh, the university president and anybody else in the administration who needs to know about what's going on. And so uh, the relationship that we have is that we are, we are monitoring very regularly um, all social media content that we can possibly find associated with Illinois State University And many of the tools that we are working with have alert systems built into them for certain patterns of keywords, whether those are crisis-related, such as a campus shooting, for example, um, which, again, fortunately, we have not um, had to deal with at all, um, or uh, severe weather outbreaks or um, even problems within the larger student body. Uh, There might be um, accusations of assault or uh, problems with police that might occur or other illegal activity. And our ability to monitor and capture content that, you know, might uh, signal some uh, some problems, uh, again, provides us the ability to uh, give those insights back to this emergency operations center. And a great example of this was uh, last November. We actually had a, uh, a semi-emergency. There was a, a suspicious package that was discovered um, in one of our, our uh, classroom buildings. And uh, there was a, a uh, uh, you know, the fire trucks were called in, uh, the emergency personnel were called in, and a bomb squad was called in to investigate. And uh, we, we were able to follow uh, really any conversation that was associated with that. And we were especially looking for misinformation uh, that might be communicated, such as in which hall this this uh, problem was at. Uh, we were able to uh, uh, quickly diffuse uh, any of that misinformation through our official channels, uh, but only because we had what I like to call a 50,000-foot view of everything. Everything that was going on uh, in terms of uh, again social media content, and the other wonderful thing about being able to do that kind of uh, you know analysis and monitoring is that we were able to also produce an after-action report, um, and so. Um, In the wake of an incident like that, we can also go back into all of the data that we capture and provide recommendations. Um, We did. We we produced a social network analysis map of um, all the tweets that were associated with this this crisis incident, and we were able to study uh, really the flows of communication and which uh, Twitter handles had the most significance and the most power over the message during that that overall incident. So it's become a a very powerful resource, Um, not that we're doing everything. everything directly in our lab, but that our lab helps support um, uh, these processes. And the personnel, such as myself, I'm actually one of the uh, alternate leads for this uh, 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 crisis communication group uh, team members. Um, I'm I'm able to come in and uh, uh, quickly assess and uh, uh, capture data that's associated with uh, any of these situations.
0: It's fascinating, and Leek. I know that one of the objectives that you have for the Smart Lab, in addition to all the ones that you've already talked about, is to do outreach by creating um, some some video, uh, you know, content um, that talks about social media analytics. You want to talk about that briefly? Sure.
1: And this falls in line with my uh, objective of <clears throat> viewing social media analytics as a digital literacy. Mm-hmm. I would like to expand this further and see how across the country. Um, different students in different domains can view social media analytics as something that they can learn to advance their careers and also problem-solve um, uh, issues of uh, that are very important to us. So I've seen um, a very positive uh, atmosphere uh, till now. Although we are very recently established, we are, uh, we've all gone into certain research collaborations with different stakeholders in the industry and academia uh, nationally and internationally. So we are uh, building those research collaborations and expanding our research in different domains. Uh, That's how we are uh, moving ahead. And Nathan has pretty much covered a lot of those areas that we aim to um, expand ourselves in as well.
0: Very good. I want to thank uh, both of you for being here. My guests were Leit Khan, who is an assistant professor at Ohio University, and Nathan Carpenter, who directs the uh, Social Media Analytics Command Center at Illinois State University. Thank you both for being on the program.
1: Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Teaching Matters, produced by WOUB Public Media. You can always listen at WOUB org backslash perspectives our audio engineer today is the ever popular adam rich and i'm scott titsworth special thanks to timothy vickers of ohio university center for teaching and learning for his assistance in producing this program on behalf of woub public media thank you for
2: listening and have a great day